Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because indeed you are working in us. Finally, brethren, pray that the Lord will send you a word today. Say, Lord, as your servant, Pastor Banky, will be teaching again this evening and will pray, Lord, give me a word. Give me a word. Give me a word. He said we should pray that we would receive the bread. Lord, we ask that you will give us this day our bread. Give us this season our bread. Give us this day our bread. Open your mouth and pray. That the bread of heaven be released unto you. Brethren, pray. You are praying for yourself. There is a bread, there is a word for every one of us. There is a word for every one of us. So, Lord, we ask for that word today. That you will give us. Lord, we thank you. Open your mouth and thank the Lord. For indeed, he is sending his word to you. The word is coming with power. The word is coming with healing. The word is coming with direction. So, Lord, we give you praise for great things that you will do today among your, amongst your people. We thank you, Lord, for the word that you will release concerning the nation and what you're doing in a time like this. Lord, we bless your name forever. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. All right, the Lord is good. When we begin to study the word of God, this is our declaration. One, two, let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 And that is what God will do for you today in the name of Jesus. Amen. A word of healing is coming into your life again today in Jesus' name. Amen. A word of direction is coming into your life again today in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And you will receive your portion of it. Amen. Unbelief will not deny you your portion today. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. Lord is let's take our seats and get into our teaching. All right, let's open our Bibles to continue looking at how to stay prayed up all the time. In which we are discussing the release of the power of God into our lives. The main aim of the teaching, all right, and the prayer, of course is to have us understand how to stay prayed up all the time, how to constantly pray. You know, when Jesus said to us, men ought always to pray and not to faint. He meant it like that. You should always pray. There are different rules concerning prayer. There are rules that guide um, praying for other people. There are rules that guide praying for yourself. And we're looking at the ones that guide praying for yourself. Now, it's not every time you have requests, and I don't believe that the Lord expects our lives to be filled with personal requests. He said, um, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all those other things that people often ask for will be added unto you. That is, the Lord didn't expect or does not expect that every time we are coming to ask for what we shall eat, what we shall drink, and with what shall we clothe ourselves. These things must not preoccupy us. Even though we don't ask for them, we can receive them. You hear what I said? You don't have to ask for them before you receive them. God can give you beyond what you ask for. It's possible. Many times what he wants to do in your life, you do not even have the capacity to understand it, so you can't ask. 
So he has given us a way around that. And what it says, all right, are things like this. It gives you tell you something like, um, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all other things will be added unto you. What does that mean? If he gives you the opportunity to ask for something, discipline yourself like Solomon did. Don't let the world teach you what you should ask for. The world tells you this is what you need. Don't believe them. He said, seek first the kingdom of God. First, there's something that Kenneth Higgins said once, or he said it many times, that once he had a vision of the Lord, and he wanted to ask the Lord a question. He said, sometimes, you, after the, the experience is over, your mind will start saying, I could have asked for this, I should have asked about this, I should have asked about this. He said, but actually, what you tend to ask for at such times is what is uppermost in your heart. And that's where I'm going. So when God says, ask me for anything, you can display before him whether you are a child or you are an adult by the kind of request you will make. I hope you are getting my point. If you are a child, you ask for sweet, uh, you know, chocolate, chewing gum, which, of course, you may not realize it, that is what all the material things we ask for, that is what they are as far as the Lord is concerned. Solomon did not ask for that. Solomon said, when Solomon was given the opportunity, he simply asked for what was most important to him at that time. And again, it wasn't just being innovative. It was a result of teaching. His father and his council of wise men had taught Solomon. The most important thing in life is ask for wisdom. He said wisdom is a principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Now, what I'm talking about Solomon is that it is not, I mean, he didn't have to ask for long life before he got it. He did, not ask, he did not have to ask for the death of his enemies before he got it. He did not have to ask for riches. And God said it clearly that wise boy, let me use my own words now, somebody taught you well. You ask for the right thing because God said the very things you did not ask for, I will add them to you. So let's bear those things in mind. God can add things to us that we did not ask for. He does it all the time. So how do we stay prayed up all the time? Remember, we seek first the kingdom of God. All right? So the part of it we are looking at is this. Instead of getting up every time, ask for what we shall eat, what we shall drink, we know he doesn't want us to be doing that. The word of God is alive and active. It is alive. That means that it can think. It can reason. Let me explain what that means again. People try and follow me. When we say the word of God, when the Bible says, all right, not us now, we're ready from scriptures, that the word of God is alive and active. What it means is that it's a living being. Let's just use that expression. It's a person, like God is a person. The word of God, it may look like, it may look like letters, but it's actually a person. So it can possess people. It's a living spirit. It can reason. If we take that word, we don't tell you what to do. We just sow the word. We're back to what we're discussing. We just sow the word around us. We give the word life around us. We put the word on our lips. We use our lips to toss that word into our environment. And at the right time, the word of God can get up. You want to travel on a particular road that is dangerous. That word we go and speak. No, not speak now. And possess the police as an example to decide to double the number of checkpoints on that road because of you, and you did not know about it. What you had just done, which you did 
last week, last month, a year before that, what you did was just to sow the word of God around you. The Lord is my keeper. The Lord is my shade at my right hand. The sun shall not smite me by day, nor the moon nor smite me by night. The Lord will keep my going out and my coming in. You did not say, I am going to be on this particular road at so-and-so time. So, angels of God, angel of God, please go there. When we were young, those days, they taught us that you command God's angels. It sounds very nice and romantic, right? But it's not, nobody does in the scriptures. So, that's why I don't do that. We concocted scriptures, took one scripture, added to another one, twisted it, and then came up with a revelation that you speak to your angels to go. I, I, I have a feeling that with all I have learned all the years, I probably don't know as much as Paul did yet. Do you suspect that too? <laughs> you are suspecting that, Pastor Banky? Yeah, you've learned quite a bit and you've been teaching for a while. You might be, you know, a lot, but I think Brother Paul is still senior, you small. In case you are looking at me and laughing at me, you too. <laughs> you get what I'm going to say? So it's all of us. Peter, I think he's our senior still now, because those men live to be very old, and we are still developing. Yet they did not do some of those things. That's the point I'm making. They did not. So I'm content with taking examples from the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm content with taking examples from those apostles and prophets, the foundational ones. I'm very happy with that. And you will see that Jesus did not do it too. He said, if I wanted angels, what do I do? I asked the Father. He will. That's just the order right now. He did not put angels directly under our command. I don't understand that from scriptures. He didn't. But do we command angels indirectly? Yes. Because the Bible says they hearken unto the voice of his word. And it strikes me that he said the voice of his word. He didn't say they hearken unto his word. He said he hearkened unto the voice of his word. That tells me something. That anybody, any child of God, can put that word on his or her lips and release it. If you re- they don't hearken unto you, they hearken unto what? The voice of God's word. So when they hear the word, they obey it. So the word becomes a living commander for them. Do you get my point? So when you say that he will give his angels charge concerning me to keep me in all my ways. Once they hear that, and you are going out, the word becomes their commander. And they instruct, they take instruction from that word, and they keep you in all your way. Let me just say it again. Many times, you know, God is not a showman. Do you hear what I said? You heard it, but let me explain what I mean, in case you don't understand. He will not save you and say, did you notice that? I just saved you. Now say thank you. You know that kind of thing? He's not a showman. Many times he saves you, he doesn't discuss it with you. Jesus used to heal people and tell them, don't tell anybody. Well, you no, know, today I started thinking about it. Is it okay? Okay, I, preachers listen to me, so let me keep on saying many of these things. I thought about it today. I was at home. I was meditating. I said, if Jesus was working miracles now, will he allow cameras? My answer is no, he won't. I saw, hey God, I saw something the other day. Please let me just warn you. See, almost of these prophets you see, they are magicians. This is what I call and say prophets on TV. Especially, you know, the same all over Africa, from Nigeria down to South Africa. Most of them are what? Magicians. I saw one day, somebody forwarded it to me. I don't know who sent it to me. And like I told them, my classmates tease me a lot when they see crazy things. If I warned you that, they say, Bank, you see your colleague. I say, oh boy. <laughs> I said, I say, I say, warn yourself. Exactly, I, I warned him. <laughs> the guy talking is a gynecologist. 
I said, if not, I will start calling traditional best attendance your colleagues. Because the guy's an obstetrician. I said, if I call traditional best attendance your colleague, how will you feel? I said, if I call Babala with your colleague, how will you feel? She will be a doctor. I said, warn yourself. It's not everybody that's inside in front of a congregation that is a pastor. The person who called my colleague. That one told one woman, what do you want? The woman said, I want miracle money. Took her bag. He showed everybody. What is inside? Nothing. Closed the bag. He ran up and down. Ooh, they opened the bag. I threw money out. I was not rolling on the ground. This is his America's got talent now. This is Africa's got talent. He said, ah. He said, can I walk a miracle? Should I walk a miracle? They say, Papa, walk a miracle. I'm about to walk a miracle. <laughs> he, he opened the bag, turned it inside out. So, did you say anything? I said, this is magic. This is how magicians behave. Next, he opened the bag, said, throw money out, throw money out. Insult. Just by the way, God is not a showman. He's not a showman at all. Let me tell you how non-showy the Lord is. He rose secretly. Then went to his disciples one by one and in congregations and left the rest of the world arguing. If you want to believe, he will reveal himself to you. If you don't want to believe, you will argue till you die. Because before I used to wonder, Jesus, why are you creating confusion? Why did you just rise up? Gege Romans, see me. do that. He just woke up gently, folded his towel, kept it there, then sat, and called the, the women came. Mary, Mary Magdalene was crying. If you have cried, he said, call her name Mary. Oh, my teacher. Go and tell my guys. I will see them. They, they will be, where they are in secret, he will go and meet them. Then where they are alone, he will meet them. He did not reveal himself to the world. It doesn't, like, doesn't have time for show. Jesus is not a showman. I thought about it today. I said, no, I don't think it's necessary. Trying to film, or God, he will do his miracles. What I believe we should be filming is instructions, teachings, preaching. Let's film that. Broadcast that to everybody. It's time to walk miracles. Switch off your cameras. They wouldn't believe you anyway, so what's the big deal? I mean, they wouldn't believe anyway. Why did I go to that? Many times the Lord saves you. He doesn't tell you he saved you. He doesn't tell you. He doesn't tell you. You almost stepped on the snake. A viper, a dangerous one. In fact, you stepped on his tail. The thing raised his head. One angel slapped his head. I said, my friend, face another direction. Sometimes the angel will kill the snake. Then somebody would ask that. Ah, did you see that snake on the road? Which snake? I passed that place. No, I didn't see it. You won't know that an angel killed the snake for you. Sometimes you actually stepped on it. You did. Then you're stepping on it, crushed the head. But God said, so this is my, especially when you are his daughter. You know what I'm saying? What I'm trying to say? He said, you won't pass this road again if you see this. After, I've, after what I have done, you still won't pass here again. So he will kill the snake, roll the snake, and throw it away. Say, don't tell how. You are sleeping alone one day, nobody around. You are the only one in the house. All kinds of criminals came to that building. They didn't know in the whole house. 
They tried to break him. Two security men beat, beat, beat the life out of them. They didn't know those security men were not human. And those security men, if you come back here again, so the boys ran away. And you never found out. Because if they let you know, you will pack out tomorrow. The fact that they delivered you will not, <laughs> will not be enough consolation. So most of the time that God has helped you, he didn't tell you about it. I'm telling you, what I've told you is a matter of fact. Most of the times he has helped. He, it, it, was, it wasn't dramatic. That's why I talk about the simplicity of divine intervention. And that's why we must learn thanksgiving every time. I believe there's a spiritual lesson in it that Jesus taught us by being careful to give thanks all the time for food. It's one of those busy things of life. So he gave thanks for it. He gave thanks for deep things also. Father, I thank you for you hear me always. He gave thanks for that. He gave thanks for, he has revealed these things to babes. He gave thanks for that. He kept on giving thanks, but they took it from the mundane level. He would take bread and give thanks. What does that teach us? Give thanks every time. You start your car, give thanks. You enter the car in the morning, you have not even started it, thank God. You open your door in the morning, give thanks. Because literally, he has been working on your behalf. It's just that he doesn't make a big show of it. This pandemic, he's been protecting you, especially. You know, I keep on encouraging us. Let's read. Read stories. Ken Hagen said as a little boy, let me just describe this story for us. It's a beautiful one. And, you know, I said, by faith we understand, right? Without faith, we have no understanding. You know, we are so trained in medicine, all of us, not just the doctors. We know how viruses spread. We know everything. But we don't remember, and that's why we have to remind ourselves constantly, that these things are actually still spiritually determined. He said as a little boy, he was very weak. He was very sick. His immune system wasn't fantastic. But that there was something he did not know until the Lord told him. That since you were small, my angels have watched. Now, let me add some words to make it clear. They've watched specially over you. He didn't use the word specially, but I'm the one adding it to it. He said, now looked back and said, okay, no wonder. Now, one of the most contagious diseases on earth is chickenpox. Chickenpox is very, very contagious. Easy to spread. Very, very. He said, his brother will have chickenpox. He and his brother will sleep on the same bed. He never caught it. Everybody will have flu. He was weak. You know, he didn't have a strong constitution. But he just couldn't catch it. Nobody understood why. Until he was a much older person. Maybe in his 30s. When the Lord now told him that since you were a little child, my angels have watched specially over you. That's why he now said that. Ah, he now looked back and said, okay, that explains it. So the disease are spreading. The angels will just draw a line around him. So whoever is blowing the virus around will just blow it over him. And he keeps sleeping. The time Balaam was walking with Balak to curse the people of Israel, you know, they did not know anything was going on. That's one thing we don't realize. They were not aware. They were just camped. So that's why some of the prayers we pray, any, any, any enemy, 
that's trying to destroy me, you die by fire. I'm not saying they won't die by fire, but they will still die whether you say it or you don't say it, really. When you didn't know how to pray, the ones that tried to destroy you, God didn't allow them. What you need to do as a child of God is just to keep yourself in the love of God all the time. Some of these funny, funny prayers we pray, they're not necessary. You must know the prayers that are important. I hope you're getting my point. So what are we supposed to do? That's what I'm going to say. So we take that word and sow it all the time. The word goes around, does his business. The word will go and provide for you. You know, God has given me understanding to a particular level. You know, some things I just can't, I can't doubt it. That is, if God is, if I'm supposed to get a particular cast, an example, God say, okay, that is, it's not a, it's not a game of chance that the angels will now go to the port or the car shop and say, hey, this kind of car, thank you, girl. Now I don't know. He said, Gabriel, what do you think? Michael will say, you know, that, that's, Gabriel will answer, Michael, I don't know. Which kind of car does Banky like? Say, so, okay, let's get him. You know, they, will, they will be confused. So bring your phone. Call the, call the angel at the front desk of the, of, of God's throne. Let's see whether, he, no, they don't do like that. I'm convinced they watch over the whole process. From where the car is being manufactured, they, they, they will know the chassis number before it ever gets close to me. So the time I start praying, in quotes, they're just delivering what they already knew ahead of time because God had told them. That's how closely. Now, think about it. He, the hair on your head, he numbers them. Even though I've asked the Lord, why didn't he really keep my hair for me? Well, was he discussing it? Because <laughs> he knows I like hair. I don't know this. This one that you see me cutting low things in that condition. The Lord is good. Now, I've not changed my mind. I know he knows every single thing. He knows. So that's how carefully he watches over you. That's how carefully he watches over me. That's a matter of fact. I hope you're getting my point. So the word of God, listen, it's a living being. It will possess a dealer to bring your supplies out the day you are going to pass there. You don't have to think about it ahead of time. It reasons. It opened, it will open a door that you did not even know you needed open. He will plant help for you in a place where you never thought you need help. You may be going for an exam, important exam. You can't come late, whatever it is. You've prepared, you've read for days. You know what it will take for you to fail? Forget your pen. Uh, you don't know that? This one, they do CBT. I've seen people fail because of, it's not their fault, the computer. You are going for an exam, you just forget the pen. And as soon as you are going, everybody does something that they don't have. Extra. Now, what am I talking about? You don't know, you don't re- realize it, but he will, he will just say, hi, this my girl didn't take a pen. You, the word will make somebody stand there that day with two pens sticking in front of his um, pocket and I'll start waiting for a taxi. The word will tell every taxi not to pass there. As you're about to enter the hall, you realize you don't have a pen. You look to your left and your right. There's no way around the cell. And they're going to shut that door. You understand? In two minutes' time. Then suddenly you turn. You just see one man with a pen. Say, Good afternoon, sir. I know you don't know me. 
please, I need that pen, and I will not give you back. Then the man will just look at it. He said, why? I have an exam. Okay, two of them. I'm not, just take the pen, give them to you. As soon as I hand them to you, a taxi comes. Hey, taxi. He enters the taxi and goes away. You'll be telling the story. say, ha, the man was just about to enter a taxi when I came. He was not about to. They kept the taxis away until he gave you the two pens. And as soon as you received them, the Lord re- released a taxi. You'll be singing songs. Ah, I thank God. He does things like that for you every day. That's the point I'm trying to make. I, I, there's one man, I, I can't remember his name now, but he has a lot of visions of angels and stuff like that. Describe somebody that didn't, I think he needed to minister to or something. And what happened was that he was on the way. They, want, they wanted him, the angels needed him to go somewhere, but that's not where he was going. Now, if you've been on these very busy roads that you have, you can turn off here, you turn off here, you know, you see a lot of them in Lagos, and once you miss your turn, that's it. That's another 15 minutes, sometimes 15 kilometers of drive. Now, in the U.S., the roads can be really bad. This is in the U.S. So where he was going, <laughs> he was driving, JJ. He wanted to take a turn. The angel said no. But he didn't hear anything. What just happened was that as he wanted to turn, they just took a car that was going and pulled the car back. The car blocked him. Then they gave his own car a small shove. He moved. Now, when they are operating, you won't know they are doing anything. Just went, Why is this driver driving like this? Before he knew what was happening, he had missed the turn. And the angels were like, they knew the next one he would take. Angels are working on your behalf every day. They don't need you to command them. Angels, now protect me. Listen to me. When you were sleeping, you couldn't command anybody. They were protecting you. Now that you have accidentally woken up, now you're not shouting, protect me. <laughs> do you get my point? What are you supposed to do? To energize them, to activate divine help on your side all the time, is what? Sow the word all the time. You need to be active with your seed. You need to be what? Say it loud. You need to be what? With your seed. seed. And what is the seed? The The seed is what? When I say active with your seed, if you are hearing me for the first time, I'm sure you've you've brought out your checkbook to send us an offering. We'll still receive the offering, but that's not what we're talking about. Send the offering if you wish to, but that's not what we're talking about. Being active with your seed is plant the word of God constantly. Let me just add this one to it for emphasis. Give thanks all the time. Thanksgiving is a sign of faith. In fact, the prince says it's the number one sign of faith. If you really believe, you will say thank you. So, give thanks all the time. When you wake up in the morning, know that you didn't wake up by chance. I like to talk about the heart. I like to talk about the human heart. Once in a while, it excites me. I like to talk about it, but I don't like thinking about it, honestly. Most people don't know they have hearts. Yeah, most people don't realize it. But me, I know. I have seen many. I see hearts so often that this, that this physical heart, no, human heart. And it marvels me till tomorrow why it keeps beating. Your heart all your life. And let me just tell you, you know, I, I, I like talking about I don't like thinking about it, but I like talking about it. Your heart was beating before your mother knew she was pregnant. She did not know she was pregnant with you yet. That heart was already beating. 
And since he started beating, there has been no time it stopped for more than interrupted a beat for maybe two seconds. Or maybe three. Especially if you have never fainted. Because once it doesn't beat for a few seconds, you will faint. You will pass out. And it will beat like that. As a little baby, baby inside your mother's tummy, it beats so fast, difficult to count. That's how it beats. But of course, as you are grown older, it now slows down to the normal, average 70 beats that we talk about a minute. There are times you start running, it hits 120, 130, it just beats like that, then slows down again. You're dancing, it increases speed, but it just does not stop. I can tell you stories of what science will say, say is going on. Tell you about one channel that leaks sodium and absorbs potassium, and calcium comes and says, so why did it happen? You know, some people are so idiotic. They will say it's a genetic accident. When I read this sometimes, I just say, God must really punish human beings. Because you, I'm not saying you must know God, but at least don't talk nonsense. Just say we don't know. But this heart keeps beating. For me, it's one of the greatest marvels of life. And like I say to believers all the time, and you did not sow a seed for you to beat the financial seed. You know what God wants for it? He gives that thing to you on credit. The payment is what? Thank you. That's the payment. Just say thank you. That's the payment he's asking for. For everything he's done for you, all he wants you to do is what? Say thank you. He, that heart began to beat. It's on credit. When I say credit, that you have not paid, but you have to pay. But what is the payment? Crazy. What is the payment? That's the, that's, listen to me. That's all the payment. And when he gets angry is when he doesn't get thank you. Read Romans chapter 1. They refused to acknowledge him as God. They did not give thanks. So it made them crazy. Well, some of the things you see in the world today, don't be like angry with the people. Understand it's the judgment of God. Not too long ago, you know, I have a habit of read, catching up my news on BBC. So, I, and I, part of the ones I read regularly is the medical section. So I, I stumbled into one. The headline interested me. So I opened it, and they were describing how a one fellow, let's just call him her, him, her. Or how do you combine him or her? Anyway, let's just call them fellow. So this fellow went to hospital. And doctors were treating a sick man. Not knowing that he is actually a woman. And the confusion is that the, or she, they have a kidney problem. And they said for criteria for signing up a man for dialysis and for renal transplant, kidney transplant, is different from that for a woman. So they're applying the one to a, for a man to this creature. And this funny fellow did not, did not feel like disclosing to them that people, please forget, I'm actually a woman. 
and it almost cost it they her he their life. I hope you are getting my point. It, it, it was a problem. They were saying, okay, sir, sir. He said she has lived, or it as them have lived as a man for more than 15 years. Now fell sick. And doctors were treating wrongly because they thought they were treating what? A, a man. Not only it was a she originally. I saw it. And then, of course, BBC was talking about it with no condemnation, no judgment. You know, they said, don't judge. Once you don't judge, just know that you're already crazy too because life is about judging. In that area, yes, now. If you want to cross the road, don't judge whether a car is coming. And you don't judge whether that driver is coming this way or not. Close your eyes, don't judge. Life is about judging what is right and what is wrong. If I want to cross the road, according to Rabbi Zacharias, you must look left or right. It's either me or the boss, not the two of us. You have to judge. You have to judge. I hope you are getting my point. They said, don't judge. No, no, no. That's not what the Bible wants to say, don't judge. Let me tell you what the Bible wants to say, you don't judge. You know what it means? Don't condemn. That's the meaning. When they say judge, no, you'll not be judged. It didn't say don't assess the situation. Otherwise, you, you, you lecturers and teachers are all going to hear fire. Why? Because you, were, you have been judging your lecture students. Hey, you. You judge people. I see you. Doctors also judge. You come, they say you are sick. That's judgment. How should you judge me if I'm sick? That's not judging. No, that's not what Jesus was saying. What Jesus was saying is don't tell your enemy to die by fire. That's what he was saying. Okay? Now, but back to what I say. <laughs> when I saw that thing this afternoon, I said, God in heaven. And I remembered again. Because I gave them over to what? Depravity of their minds. Many of you know why I dislike, in retrospect, of course, at this looking back, when it was happening, I was disliking, but what I, today I'm telling you as things have happened. The presidency of Barack Obama, despite his second tenure, was, I think, it's America's worst experience. When a president can say to a man at the age of 62, who decided that he's no longer going to be a man, but will be a woman. And he, the head of state of the most powerful country in the world, both economically and militarily, decides to congratulate the person that what you have done takes boldness. I said, to me, it's not striking. Madness takes boldness. Committing suicide takes boldness. Me, I can't jump from a 10th floor. I'm not that bold. Are you that bold? I can't walk naked on the road. You will never catch me outside, not dressed. I'm not that bold. I doff my hat, I've been on my cap to the the people that walk naked on the road. Me, if my plate is not clean, I can't eat the food. It takes boldness to go go into Eswama dumpster and bring out rice that they dumped the after party yesterday and eat it today. Can you do it? You think it doesn't take boldness? Try it now. It takes boldness to be mad. Somebody should tell Barack Obama that. When God has given people over to depravity of their mind, say it takes boldness. Okay. 
What am I talking about it? Why did God do that to them? He did it, not the devil. He gave them over. Why? He said they did not say what? Thank you. That's all. That's what I'm talking about it. That's the sin they committed. They did not tell him, thank you. My heart is beating every day. They did not say thank you. They just assumed that rain must fall. Because every drop that comes down is an active gift. Every tuba of yam that gets harvested is specially sent. So when they give you a plate of food, no matter how simple it is, you bow your head and realize that your heavenly father sent you this food. Jesus said, you know, when you see, you know, fowl, you know, chicken, domestic ones, and the local ones, you know the way they feed? They scratch the ground and pick things on the floor. They eat worms also. They pick ants. They eat grain. They eat grass. He said, it's your heavenly father feeding them. Lions, you see them on National Geographic. They go out to hunt. You know what the Bible says? They only go out to pick the food provided by God. All the Lord is saying is do what? Say thank you. Your heart has been beating. Say thank you. Your lungs have been working. Say thank you. Your kidneys have been working. Say thank you. And if you are listening to me, your kidneys are not working currently. Say thank you for the time it worked. Spend the next few days thanking him for the time it worked. And watch him correct the one that's not working right now. He waited for so long, he never said thank you. So he removed his hand, and now you, you see the way it is. Listen, that's all God is asking for. Sometimes people say that if God, God, if God gives me something, I will give him back. <laughs> God doesn't want to say, if God gives me 100,000 naira now, I will give him 10,000. Let me tell you the truth. Let's keep on improving our work with God. He's not interested. If you are thinking of that, he will provide for me, I can give him something. God said, listen, if I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you. I don't provide for you so you can feed me. If that was the issue, I will eat my food by myself. Everything you see, they are mine. The cattle on a thousand hills, mine. Say, if I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you. Sometimes people give, they make vows to God as if God is looking forward to the money. <laughs> no, you, you know that's how we reason. You know that? And some of us pastors, that's, how, that's what we teach. That tell God what you will give him. As if God is hungry. Tell God what you are going to give him. And what's the miracle? They will now go and say, Lord, if you just give me 20 million naira, I will give you a tithe, then I will now give you another 20%. That's 30%. Is that okay? If you want more, let me know. And God is looking at the idiots like this. <laughs> are you talking to me? You know that kind of thing? Like, are you talking to me? Now, when you have given me 20 million naira, how will I help me? Or oh, 30% of your 20 million, how will they help me? Say, you'll be, be able to give your other children. Don't worry, I'll give them directly. Do you get my point? If you reason about it, the negotiation does not work. It's totally pointless. It's like my son telling me he'll wash my car, I will pay him so he can help me with his school fees. 
No, think about it. Think about it. So my son says he wants to get a job. He wants to help me clean my car, do this, do all of that. And I said, what do you want to do with the money? He says, so that is why I can help you and mommy with my school fees. So he'll be like, excuse me, wait, let's get over this again. Who's going to pay you? Me. For work done in the house so you can help me with your school fees. Don't worry. Don't bother washing the car. Leave it. I'll just keep the money and your school fees will be helped. The reason why I'll give my children money for such things will be a different reason entirely. Maybe I want to teach them industry. I want to teach them what it means to work and earn. Once my little boy, he, he, he just developed one little habit of collecting money. If he sees me, he says, Daddy, can I have it? So one day, I asked, what is little, little money? You give him money, saving it. What are you saving it for? He reasoned and reasoned. I couldn't think, he couldn't come up with a reason. Finally, he said, eh, maybe help with my fees. <laughs> Yeah, this mother boss into laughter. This was small, small money. It's what he wants to help. Finally, after everything, he got out for a long time. When he became a tidy son, we now led him to where they are doing charity, put it in a charity box. No, really. That was the only thing that it made. Look, finally, say, okay, there's this charity um, uh, party that we attended together. So they raised money for charity. So he gathered all his money. And donated it. Say, good. Then let's start again. At least you found something to do with money. <laughs> that is how we behave sometimes when we are making God strange vows. You know what he really wants? Thank you. That is all he wants. That is all he wants. Thank you. That is all he wants. Now, people say thank you different ways. Do you understand my point? So, when, they, when, when um, Jacob was going out, and he prayed to God, and he said, of all you give me, which is where we get, we misunderstand, I will give you 10%. Did you ever ask yourself what he did with the 10%? And he actually paid. He paid that vow. But how did he do it? It's simple. He took all the animals aside, slaughtered them, and burnt them. That was his way of saying, it was the way of acknowledging God. That's what he did. He just killed the animals and burnt them to ashes. Because that time they used to do what, you, what we now call what? Burnt offerings. We don't do that now. So if it is your way of saying thank you, which is proper, alright? Your wife just delivered. You declare a party. It's your way of saying, everybody join me to say thank you. As we are eating that food, we are eating holy food. <laughs> we are eating God's portion. Do you follow my point? If he's dancing, it's part of it. All of it is a way of saying what? Thank you. The point I'm making is that that is all God is asking for. So that's what he may want to say. Offer to the Lord a sacrifice of thanksgiving. That is the emphasis. That thank you thing is the Lord's emphasis. Let me just draw before I get into the main thing. We are supposed to do this even because we are talking. All right? Let's make it a habit. Go, go reckless in quote with your thanksgiving. You cross the road, say thank you. You sit down, you say thank you. You rise, you say thank you. You go to the toilet, you say thank you. Whatever it is you do, realize one thing. It's an active blessing that God gave to you. 
Don't just take it for granted. That is all he's asking for. That is his payment. That is God's payment. That heart, that, that heart we're talking about, that has been beating for a very long time, that's the payment. Your heart was beating before you were conscious. God said, I'll collect my payment later. What is the payment? Once you become aware, remember to give thanks. When people did not give thanks, he sent them into madness. What are we doing as believers? How do we stay prayed up all the time? We sow the word of God around us. The word of God is alive. The word of God is alive. So you read in the scriptures, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That is God's provision for your supernatural supply. That word just keeps sowing it every day. Whether you have money or you don't. Do you get my point? If you see in your bank account, plenty of money, plenty, millions of naira, still wake up in the morning and say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Don't say, I have a fat bank account, I shall not want. God will have to close the bank account to show you that bank accounts don't provide. He does that. Oh, he teaches his children lessons. He does that. If you feel very well, all parts of your body strong, you are not sick at all. Still wake up in the morning, give thanks, and then declare the word of healing. Himself took my infirmities and my diseases. By his stripes, I have been healed. Do you get my point? Look, health is not determined by feeling. You may feel well, and you are sick. And you may feel sick, and you are well. Do you get what I'm saying? So what do we do? We are sowing the word of God constantly around us. Constantly. Last time, we took time out, took a few minutes to sow the word of divine health. Can you remember that? Last Tuesday, we did that. And I said I wanted to go into the word of um, wealth, the, the word of provision. Remember what the Prince said to us? All God's provisions are where? In his promises. Now, you know, as I was thinking about today's meeting, a thought came to my mind. And until I stepped up here, I didn't know which one to start with. So I would just, have to, I would just be talking, right? As I'm talking, anyone that's your own, eh? Grab it. Because I wanted to go into that matter. That's the issue of let us sow the word of God concerning um, provisions, concerning prosperity, concerning supplies. But then something just kept, kept staying in my mind. And I felt that the Holy Spirit wants me to explain that one too. But whether it is today or next time, I really don't know. So I'm not going to be say, I'm, I'm going to be saying everything. All right? I'll be speaking in tongues if you, know, if you get my point. So just decode it, interpret it. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, so all God's provisions are where? In his promises. That's it. We should open our Bible somewhere. I didn't say. Oh, I opened my own. Psalm 34. Psalm 34. Let's do that one together. The book of Psalms, chapter 34. I want to read the first three verses. Just three verses. And I want us all to read them together, those three verses. Then I'll repeat it for clarity's sake. If you are there, say amen. amen. So one, two, let's go. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. So I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Now, there's something about that second line. His praise shall continually 
be in my mouth. He said, my soul will make its boast in the Lord. Now, remember we said earlier, even though you see plenty of money in your bank account, don't say, you know, let me quickly say this. There are things you say with your mouth. There are things you say with your heart. The fool says where? In his heart that there's no God. He doesn't say with his mouth. He says it where? In his heart. Job referred to it. Job said, when he was talking about his possible sins, he said, was there a time I secretly stretched my hands to the moon to worship? So sometimes we don't do some things overtly. We do them subtly. Do you get my point? So when we're saying, saying now, okay, you may not say something with your mouth, but you say with your heart, you say with your attitude. Bear that in mind. Now, so we said that don't say that I have plenty of money, I will not lack. Say the Lord is what? My shepherd, so I will not lack. Now, that's what David meant when he said, my soul will make its boast in the Lord. So will you lack or not lack? Say, I will not lack. Ah, how much do you have? I have the Lord. So my boast is where? In the Lord. You know, hey, I don't have my phone with me. I will have read something out to us. You know, a chat between two brothers. <laughs> and one asks the other, you know, I told you last time, some people who I see, they just, they, they go and hear God, or go and hear God. And they tell you, are you surviving Nigeria? Go, better go and hear God. Oh. Better go and hear God. For God to do what now? To tell you to go somewhere else. All kinds of gist. In fact, somebody tagged me on Twitter. I read this stuff. I laughed. About a guy who was able to raise four million naira and land in the Philippines as a truck driver. In fact, the other one I read of made me laugh. Five million, five point five million he raised and got to an Eastern European country where the people are complaining that there's unemployment and they are protesting with setting themselves on fire. So after he has stayed for some time, he said he's going back, they caught him. Say all the money he had left on him was a hundred dollars. They say the fine for overstaying is two hundred dollars. So they are not deporting him until he pays the two hundred dollars. <laughs> and they have to pay hundred dollars. The other one they said that the man's wife, a pregnant woman, sold the only car they had to send him money to eat, thereby putting the woman in distress. Well, let's not get into that just now, Beg. Let me pray for you. Both those who are here and those who are listening to me, forever you are logged in from. May God deliver you from foolishness. Amen. May God teach you to appreciate what he has given you already. Amen. So that you will not use foolishness to send yourself into distress that God did not ordain. That prayer is very powerful. Anyway, back to our Jesus. So, one brother, ask another one that. How are you, what is it, what kind of faith do you have in Nigeria concerning your destiny? Back to the, the, the reason why I brought up the issue. The brother said, my faith is not in the country. My faith is in God. Is the answer that he gave, that I'm talking about. He said, I've never had faith in Nigeria. Neither do I have faith in Madi Mahonwes. Neither do I have faith in the UK. You know one thing that annoys me about a lot of supposed Christians? They don't believe God. They believe Western systems. Then when they are in Western systems, they will be giving you testimony of God's faithfulness. Don't be stupid. A man gets up, gives me the testimony of, of God's faithfulness, then looks at me and says, how are you surviving? The same God is rich unto all that call upon him. 
If truly it is God you believe in, there are things that will not come out of your mouth. It is a sign that, let me tell you the truth, no matter where you listen to me from, if there are things you say, you clearly don't believe in God. You are lying. Your faith is not genuine. Because if you did, wherever I am, you pray for me. How am I doing? I'll tell you. I give you my word of faith. And you say, the Lord is with you. I'm praying with you. Stonewall Jackson said, I'm as safe on, my, on the battlefield as I am in my bedroom if I am in the will of God. My soul will make his boast in the Lord. That's what I'm talking about. If I'm making my boast concerning my destiny, it's in what? It has to be in the Lord. It can't be in an economic system. It can't be. The God that blesses. <laughs> I said, look, once one of our brothers came, traveled for, was gone for a long time, came to Nigeria, went around so many people. He said, oh, you people are doing well in my mind. What did you expect? Because you left one region for another region, those in the first region will now die. That's how you know whether you really believe God or you don't believe God. God creates human systems. You understand my point? He creates systems when he wants to bless people. You cannot tie blessing to system. Listen, who was more blessed, Lot or Abraham? Who lived in a city? Lot. Yet the blessing was with the man who dwelt in tents. Please, I know, let me stick with my message. People will tell you some things that you just want, you just get angry. He said, my soul will make its boast in the Lord. Those who truly have faith will hear it and they will rejoice. Did you catch that? The humble will hear it and rejoice. The proud will say, what are you talking about? How much do you have saved up? Do you have any investment? Your children are going to grow up. How will they go to school? They want to say, okay, I have fixed deposit in Guarantee Trust Bank. I have some in Zenith. I have bought shares in, um, in, 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 in Mobile. Then uh, there's one house, one rental house we built is in Abuja. So all of that together, this my children will go to school. He said, you are a wise planner. You are a wise planner. You know how to plan. Hear ye the word of the Lord. You are proud if you say that. You are not a humble person. You don't love God. You don't trust God. This layout treasure for, the, for your grandchildren is a sign of lack of faith. You know what David said? If I say to you, when you ask me that kind of question, and I said, oh, we are believing God. The work God has given us for today is what we are doing right now. We are preaching the gospel. Oh, you don't have to be a preacher of the gospel. It's a business you are doing, and you believe that this is what God wants you to be doing at this time. Yeah, the place doesn't look too good yet, but we are putting our effort in, and we are trusting God. The Bible says, "My the, the humble will do what? We hear it and do what? They will rejoice. The truly humble, the one that really has faith, will hear it and rejoice. Say, yes. Ah. That, hey, God help you. I really admire your faith. I won't lie to you. I don't have this kind of faith. May God give me this kind of faith. But some of us know what we do. We turn around and insult people who say such things and think we have. You see, you know, I told my wife this yesterday. I said, you know what I found out? Committed believers are scarce. No, most people don't commit to Christ. Christ is a convenient blesser. That's what it is. Commitment to Christ is curse. 
if our commitment to Christ was not scarce, all right, if it was really there, genuine, you see Nigerian Christians going to different parts of the world at the same rate. I don't know whether you get my point. As we are going to U.S., so are we going to Botswana. As we are going to Eastern, Western Europe, so are we going to East Africa. Do you get my point? As we are going to North America, so are we going to Southeast Asia. If it is really divine assignment that is sending us up and down. Please, like I say all the time, Christians can be, you can be anywhere. God can send you. Depends on where. God sends people to all parts of the world. He can send you to Los Angeles. He can send you to Atlanta, uh, uh, Antarctica. It's your God. I'm not. But if truly you are humble, when you hear a soul make his boast, truly, not superficially, truly in the Lord, you see the works of faith, what should you do? You will hear it and do what? And rejoice. I told those this when Nigeria was hot, northern Nigeria especially. When I would talk to my brother, Pastor Courage, who you all know, and you see the decisions he's making, and he will explain his faith and everything. It was forbidding that I would be the one to discourage him. Don't think I was confident. Say, yeah, you know, yeah, stand there, stand there. I can't do that because I'm in Enugu where there's no tension. Do you get my point? So what did I used to do? Pray. Ha. I don't know say I feel prayer that kind of prayer. There are times I just kneel down. All I'm doing is, oh, Father. Hi. Hi. Ah. I, I don't have words. What? But for me to open my mouth and say, hey, where you say God planted you, I should tell you to come out. Am I a faith booster or a faith killer? So when, when you see such people, you know, saying, what, what, what are you doing? If you're really speaking faith, you join with him in faith. If he's like, okay, what do you guys need that we can supply? That's what you should be discussing. Not run away. Run away. And never return. He said, My soul will make his boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it. What do we make our boast in? Not in our investment. What do we make our boast in? Not in the security of our environment. Friend told me once, said, He's going abroad. I said, There, you can plan for the future of your children. May I, ne- Father God, I'm praying this prayer in the hearing of all the saints. May I never be able to plan for the future of my children. In Jesus' name, I ask you, amen. Nonsense. What rubbish plan? What do I know? Could my father have have planned that I would be here today preaching the gospel? If he had told my mother and my father to plan, my parents did not know Nigeria extended beyond River Niger. They knew the geography you understand my point? They could show you the, the river on the map. But as somebody actually crosses that bridge, I don't know whether I get my point. They go, listen, they're just typical Nigerians. They wouldn't, it wouldn't have crossed their minds. Nobody, I don't have any family, extended family member who smoked something and decided to live across the Niger. There was none. Everybody lived northern Nigeria. That's those who traveled. They went towards the north. Most of them stayed in western Nigeria, and of course, some went abroad. But eastern Nigeria was a phenomenon that most people 
Did you understand? It's just, just a, you know, there are things that are just not in your, just not in your habit. Can I use that expression? So if you told him plan, he will plan that my son shall be great. He shall have a big hospital in Ibadan or Lagos or Akure. Say, God, do it in Jesus' name. Amen. God said, do what? I shall give that to your son, a wife from Delta. And after I finish marrying her, I will stone both of them across the Niger. And they will go to Enugu. And you will have grandchildren who are half Igbos. Yeah, my younger brother is married to somebody from Imo State. You know, you understand? So my, my mother will have wondered, God, what did you say? Say, I am the Lord thy God. I said, okay, let it be unto us according to your word. <laughs> you can't plan. You can't plan. You can't plan. That prayer I prayed. Better pray for yourself. When I pray, I'm not talking about the children should go lost. What I'm saying is simple. That God, let your plan for their lives be established. That's what I'm saying by that statement. May I not wrestle it out of your hands. Let your plan for their lives be established. Before they were born, I prayed for each one of them that God will send his warriors into my home. His messengers. So my duty is to train them for the Lord. I'm not saying it'd be an easy thing, no. If my son comes one day and he says that, you know, they were praying one day in school and he had a vision and he saw himself in Sambisa Forest preaching. I shall tell him, go and pray again. (laughs) Not so that he will change his mind, though. Just to be sure that the fellowship did not share out you know, weed, and then <laughs> after boys finish smoking, they start seeing things. I just want to be sure. This one, you pray while I watch. You pray it in my house. And as you are there praying, I'll call your mother to decide. And then together we'll pray. In the name of Jesus, destiny, God of destiny, God of destiny, God of purpose, God of destiny, God of Jeremiah, God of Paul. All the people that he mentioned that he knew from the mother's womb, I'll be calling them one by one. God, in the name of Jesus, uh-huh, I will guard the room. Any demonic influence. That's why he knows I've passed through MFM before. <laughs> Any demonic influence. I will send you to the lake of fire. If he now comes out of there and say that the division became clearer. That's okay. So when are we going? He said, the Lord didn't say time. I said, good, so stay here every day. I will preach, oh God, I will teach you the word day and night. Then one day I was sent to go and visit Pastor Courage. Stay with him six months. Now I want to say something that will shock you. What I'm about to say. If after preaching there for five years, I hear he was beheaded by Islamists, I will not feel bad. You know why? I remember John the Baptist. I would just say, well, if that's how the Lord planned it, the only prayer I prayed from time is that that life will not be wasted. It must not be wasted. That's all. Because death actually glorifies God. It does. Death glorifies God. It does. He said, my soul will make his boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it 
and rejoice. Let's get back to the reason why we read this. He said, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. That's actually why I read this. All of this is just trying to get the psalm together in our hearts. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. This is where, where I was reading. And I thought about it. You know what he was saying? Let's be reminded. He was saying that things in life like to diminish God. One of the assignments we have in prayer is to do what? Magnify him. What does it mean to magnify God? Let's get practical about it. Remember we've talked about this in prayer. Prayer is not just when we gather here to pray. Not just when we kneel down beside our beds at home. When we pace up and down outside in our compound to pray. That's not just the time that there's prayer. Prayer is when? Constant. Pray without what? Season. You pray always. So in the bathroom, you pray. When you are eating, you pray. When you are walking, you pray. Now listen to this. Even in your conversations. I taught a particular message, and I've taught this many times before. I said, another form of prayer are conversations. And how did I get that? You want to read what Malachi said? He said, those that feared the Lord spoke often one to another, and the Lord heard it. So it's not only the time you say, I'm praying, that God is hearing it. When you are doing what? Conversing. The Lord is also what? Hearing. And that's the problem. Many of us, we say, magnify the Lord. We do that in prayer. In our conversations, what do we do? We diminish him. Let's get practical. Like I was saying, which year are we in? 2020. When is the next presidential election in Nigeria? 2023. Good. When you want to discuss it, what do you say? That is when you know whether you are magnifying God or not. Please listen to this again. Many times we believers, we undermine our prayers, we wreck our prayers, we cancel our prayers during our conversations. Take that 2023 presence as an example. Some people say, the cabal has decided. You know what you are saying? The power belongs to whom? The cabal. That's the opposite of what magnified the Lord. Ah, there are some principalities in this country. They are the ones that choose who rules. This man says he wants to run for presidency. He has not gone to see the principalities. The same person will come to church and say, let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, give us rulers. God says, hey, wait, 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 wait. Do I need to give you the photographs of those principalities so you can put it on the wall? Face them. They are your idols. Pray to them. Don't mention my name. You cannot stand in the time of discussion with your friends and claim the power belongs to the cabal. Then go to prayer and say, God, give us, the, give us a, a good president. God say, I don't give good precedents. I hope you're getting my point. God says, no, I don't. You are claiming the cabal does. So even when you are conversing with your friends, one of the things you should say to them is simple. God rules in their affairs. We have prayed to him that he will set upon this kingdom the best person for the job. Who will promote righteousness? Who will promote righteous freedom? Do you get my point? Who will promote justice? During whose reign we will have peace? There will be development. You put them in order because promotion of righteousness, justice, freedom, to preach the gospel is number one. Then when you have asked those things 
Every day you start declaring, the power belongs to God. The power, in your conversation, they say, ah, these, these people are the ones in power. I say, this ain't God uses people. If he's tired of them, he will remove them. Huh? Are they not human beings? Don't they have breath in their nostrils? It becomes a regular conversation. When we do that, we are empowering, we are releasing the power of God into the environment. What about your own life? Because we're talking about praying for ourselves. So let me not focus on that. What about your own life? How, do you magnify God in everything? Coronavirus will kill somebody. If you don't do this, if you don't do this, you may just die. Nonsense. Every day you declared, my life is in his hands. I will not die a day before he commands. I am not a product of accident. I am not a product of chance. You, you know, one of the things I do, you know, it, it may help you to do that also. I, I've been doing it for some time, and I've accumulated scores and scores of them. Anytime I'm studying my scriptures, I see anything, the name of God, any verse where the name of God is described in the scriptures, I underline. So I like things like, the Lord is my keeper. Do you get my point? The Lord is my protector. The Lord is the shade on my right hand. He watches my going out and my coming in. Any scripture that says anything about what God is in life, I underline. But in the context of today's discussion, what he is to me, I must note it and say it all the time. Who's my provider? Not the country I live in. Not the country I live in. That was talking about the destiny of the children. It's not the con- no country can guarantee their destiny. There's no way. Do not lay up treasure on the earth. There's no way. The Lord is their keeper. The Lord is a provider. I magnify God like that all the time. That is how I stay prayed up constantly. I hope you're getting my point here. It's very important we understand it. For example, you no, know, of course, you know, don't read news too much, though, if you call, if you don't know how to interpret it. I read it that day. They said that um, inflation in Nigeria went up to 12.9% or something. One twelve percent percentage in the month of is it July or June? And uh, you know, like people want to panic. First, I read it all the time; it doesn't move me. But now I read it closely, <laughs> closely. You know why? It actually went up. You know now the price of fuel fluctuates a lot. One day you get there is one twenty five. Then you come back and it says one forty five. That's how it is in many of these uh, countries, like United States. It fluctuates. One filling station from the next, that's just from one place to the other. That's how they fluctuate in those countries. So Nigeria is adopting that um, method now. I'm not, I'm not saying whether it's good or bad. But because the price went up recently, that was what they added to what they call what? Inflation. When I read it, I almost burst into laughter. I said, ah, it's not the price of Gary that even went up. It's the price of well that they said went up. When I read it, I just smile and I flip the page and I continue reading. But one thing I never forget to say, is that he will cause prosperity to flow towards me like a river, and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. The Lord is my shepherd. He's my supplier. He's my provider. El Shaddai, that is his name. Do you get my point? Let me tell you how we kill our prayers. We call our friends and sit together and say, what's the hope for this country? The farmers can't even farm again because of bandits. There's no hope. A country that is producing... Oil. Why should fuel be one forty five? Why can it not be like it is in Iraq? How much is it in Iraq? I don't know. There was a time Iraq was giving it out almost free of charge when they had sanctions against them years ago. Why can it not be like it is in he talk, 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 talk. We are finished too. We are finished too. Then the evening gather the family. Let us pray. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, you know what God says? Don't call my name. Don't call my name. Why is there crisis in Southern Kaduna? The problem is the head of state. The problem is the governor. They have a governor that does not, you know, what the president, if the president had done that, and you say you're a Christian, you are not. If you talk like that, listen to me, you are not a believer. You believe nothing. Where is the problem? Why is that problem there? Best you can say that I really don't know, but we need to pray. Do you know if God says thus far and no further, it will cease overnight. What is his name? He said he is God who makes wars cease. Do you know that is the name of God? One of the things you must learn to do. That's something I want. Okay, I'm happy I've mentioned it briefly. One of the things you must learn to do in life is to invoke the name of God. We've talked about it here several times. You can go through our catalog. One of the things you learn to do, you must learn to do is to invoke God's name in everything. There is a name he bears in every situation. Let's not get back to the main thing we're discussing. Divine supplies. You know what he says? Open your Bible to Deuteronomy chapter 8. We're about to start declaring. Deuteronomy chapter 8. This is how we stayed prayed up all the time. We plant the word around us. Anything you are planting now, we germinate. Somebody say amen. amen. And one day, the fruit will mature and you will eat the fruit. So what must you do? Plant the right seeds. Plant the right seeds. Plant the right seeds. Can I digress for a moment? Make sure you believe what is right. Never believe a lie. No matter how convenient it is. You know some lies are convenient. Make sure you believe what is true. Because the word becomes flesh. It is not what you desire you get in life. It is this principle of spiritual truth you have imbibed. There are two men of God. I won't tell you in which country. I heard their stories at different times. The principle they preached on marriage, when I heard it, one of my friends walked out, walked out of the Bible school, the way they were teaching. When he heard them, what they taught on marriage, he said nonsense. And no that person was in another one. He says the reason he left that church, because of the teaching on marriage. Like that, like that. Now, so what are you talking about? Because both of these people, the men teaching them, Took a number of years, but they both divorced their wives. And they are both Christians. When they preached it, they were in romance. I don't know whether I get my point. They were still doing Cinderella. No, they were doing Indian thing with their wives. And preaching what was not true. The word negative now took roots downwards and bore fruit upwards in their lives. Separated the man and his wife. Separated people, separated families. People would be there saying, what happened? What happened? Listen, I've been married now for over 20 years. Okay? I can, I can tell you something for sure. All right? A good marriage is a gift of God. It's a gift of God. There's no... See all those, those things they write in books. 17 keys for a happy marriage. You know, Solomon said life has traps. I've seen people who did 18 keys, not 17. And their marriage is scattered. And I know people who can't read. They don't know key. What I have found out, this is, I've observed it, my own life around, is God will just say, give me oil. You and your wife will come and say, I bless you with happiness. You will make mistakes, you will be happy. 
You will disagree, you will be happy. You will be rich, you will be happy. You won't have money, you will still be happy. Why? The oil of God is on your head. Go and read that Psalm 133. You will see what I mean. It's oil. That togetherness is the oil of God that manifests. It's a blessing of God. It's not, there's no method. Honestly, there's no method. Listen, in life, you will keep on growing in Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. I mean, if you were impatient before, whether you are mild or not, you should become more patient. No, be so. Many times people are experiencing things, it's the word they planted that's germinating. They planted it long ago. Instead of to plant the one thing, and now I've confessed my sin to my wife, in quotes. One of the things she doesn't know that when I'm angry in the house, there's a scripture I quote all the time. Angrily, you know, you quote the scripture in anger. I love my wife as Christ loved the church. <laughs> I don't know whether you're getting my point. You are not happy. You are just displeased. But I'm, I won't lie to you. I do that. I can't imagine this kind of thing. But I love my wife as Christ loved the church. Then you, then you sleep angry. You know, you're angry. Nonsense. Then I, I tell myself, I love my wife as Christ loved the church. How does Christ love the church? There are two sides to it. One, it's his problem. Two, he gave himself up for. <laughs> the first part, I don't know. But the word that we plant it. That word, I must plant it. How it will germinate and bear fruit. The word becomes flesh. It's a living being. I declare it all the time. I do. No, so you had no matter how angry I look outside, I, 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 that is, I learned that in long ago actually. No matter how sick I feel, I declare the word of God. I will live and not die. No matter how bad I feel, Himself took my infirmities and my diseases. Even if I'm becoming unconscious, is the last thing I will say. By His stripes I've been healed. Why? One of the things we thought those days was that the word, you know, without faith was confidence. That is, if your heart is, no, I've learned it now. Faith is not that you are so, how do I say it? You are so strong in heart. That's not what faith is. Faith is that you recognize that your help comes from the Lord alone. Do you get my point? So one of the things I've learned is that just take the word and just sow it anyway. I said that thing I said because there are things I don't think we should allow to become our culture. Sow the right seeds. For this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two of them shall become one flesh. And whatever God has joined together, let no one put asunder. Then some satanic questioners will now come to you. What if the man brings a cutlass and wants to cut the woman's head? (laughs) Have you heard those kind of questions before? What if the woman is poisoning the man's food and he catches her? Let me give you the answer. Next time they ask you that kind of question, just put it like this. There are about three scriptures. Now, before I give you the answer you are going to give, eh? know that they will tell you you are stupid. Know that somebody will tell you you are not normal. Know that somebody will tell you that that's the problem they have with people like you who don't use their brain. That that's the problem with these Pentecostals. They don't think. Get ready for it. It's nothing new. Jesus said that if they call this up, your Lord, Bazebo, they will call you worse. I hope, I hope I get my point. Uh-huh. This is the answer you will give. What if the man wants to behead the woman? Say, marriage is honorable in all. The bed undefiled. Homongers and adulterers, God rejoice. What, am I, what are you saying? Me, I don't know what I'm saying. Scripture. 
For this cause shall a man leave his father and his wife and be joined to his, uh, his father and his mother and joined to his wife. What if, just say, husband loves your wives as Christ loved the church and give himself for her that he might wash her with the washing of water by the word. Wives, be submissive to your own husbands. What are you saying? Bros, just wait. Let me finish. When you finish reading the scripture. So what you are saying doesn't make sense. I say I know. I'm sowing the word of God. Don't come and confuse my soul. Because the word you are sowing, one day will germinate in your life. Your husband will not bring cutlass against you. Your wife will not poison you. So stop solving problems that are not your own. People want to justify nonsense. When they want to justify abortion, do not say, what if the girl was raped? Let me just give you advice. Don't answer it. Don't get into confusion. Just say the life of this, this flesh is in the blood. So as far as you are concerned, blood is pumping before birth. That life is sacred. Don't argue, don't argue with anybody. Because one way Satan gets a foothold in your heart, in our hearts as believers, is discussion. Has God really said, what if you are hungry and there's nothing else in the garden? He said you shouldn't eat it. Okay. Have you ever thought about this scenario? When all the other fruits have rot in them, and there's fungus growing, and worms are eating them, and this is the only one that is working. You still will not eat? No, that's how it starts. That is how it starts. The discussion will keep on going. So if two will say, eh, okay. See, there was a time, she, your name is what, Eve? There was one person before you now, before you and your husband came. The whole garden, there was drought. The only fruit left to save their life. Because God was going to come the next day. They needed to just live for two more days. Was this fruit. You know what they did? They did not eat. Where are they now? They are dead. Now Eve, look, look, look. See, this guy, you're making sense. Oh. The longer you talk with Satan, the more sense he will make. That's why he did not see Jesus argue. You see him argue? Satan this also bread. He said it's not good though. Why not? The last pastor that turns stones to bread. <laughs> you know, he had problems in the ministry. Ministry is scattered. Ah, ah, there's no need. You know what happened was that he did not turn it to roasted bread. He turned it to fried bread. <laughs> Jesus didn't do any of that. He just took the scripture. Which, listen to me, did not really answer the question. If you are the son of God, turn the stones to bread. He didn't say, I know who I am. I gain it. No, he just said, Man shall not live by bread alone. He didn't discover that he's the son of God or he's not the son of God. How they are going to prove it? People will now come and start giving you gist. You know, after we are finished stealing this morning, we can praise the gospel. He said, that shall not steal. Leave it like that. Explaining what we will do with the money is increasing this length of gist with Satan. And once you gist for long, you will lose. Do you know how long he has been here arguing with people? How much expense do you have in argument? You were born, were born yesterday. The guy argued with Adam, argued with Eve. He was there. He argued, who has he not argued with? He has, read your Bible. He argued with Michael. You were born, the boy. He want to argue with Satan. The guy has been arguing for a long time. He went to Michael and said, this body of Moses, what are you trying to do? Do you know this fellow argued with God? You bless Joe. Eh? I know now. If you bless me too, I go serve you. Nonsense. <laughs> a man, uh, sorry, a spirit that can argue with God. You want to argue with him? I bet you do like the Lord Jesus Christ too. Once he comes, just give one scripture. Recite it. Stupidly recite it. Just keep reciting it. Why? 
you are planting seeds. The word is alive. It will germinate and it will, that cutlass they are threatening you with. That cutlass, the Bible said that it will be turned to what hope in your house, which will, with which you will bring prosperity. I hope you get my point. Yeah, he will make them turn their what swords into plowshares. That's what the Bible says. That is how the word works. So what I was supposed to do, just constantly plant that word. Don't argue with Satan. Let's get back to the point we're making. So when it comes to divine supplies, what are we getting? It is simple. We take the word of God and declare it. We magnify God all the time. Let's do a few scriptures. Psalm 23, everybody open to it. And I think for those of us who can stand to our feet, let's rise to our feet, let us declare. Let's sow the word into our environment. Psalm 23. I know most of us know it by heart. I want us to take time out to declare the word concerning divine supplies. If you are there, say amen. I want us to read from verse 1 to verse 6. That's everything, all right? In whichever version you have, please read it. Let me hear your voices. Are you ready? One, two, let's go. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Now, what I want us to do, begin to declare the Lord is my shepherd. Now, you are sowing it into your environment. What you are saying is that Nigeria is not my shepherd. What you are saying is that America is not my shepherd. What you are saying is that federal government is not my shepherd. Wherever I walk is not my shepherd. Even though I work for a very beautiful company, MTN is not my shepherd. Glow is not my shepherd. Nine Mobile is not my shepherd. The state government is not my shepherd. Whatever company I work for, they are not my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Now you are declaring it. He's the one that supplies all my needs. He's the one that supplies all my needs. He's the one that supplies all my needs. Now lift up the name of God around you. Say, he's my El Shaddai. He's my supplier. That's what I want us to do today. Let's take time out and declare the word. Let's sow the word into our environment concerning divine supplies. That the young lions may lack or suffer hunger. I seek the Lord. I will not lack anything good. I make my boast in the Lord. 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 That he will keep me. He's my keeper. He's my pro- provider. I want you to declare that he is my provider. You say that to yourself at least seven times. The Lord is my provider. The economy is not my provider. The Lord is my provider. The economy is not my provider. The Lord is my provider. The Lord, he is my provider. My father watches over me. He supplies all my needs. He makes all grace abound towards me. I have all sufficiency in all things. I abound to every good work. He makes all grace abound towards me. I have all sufficiency in all things. And I abound to every good work. Declare it. (laughs) He will supply all my needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. He is the one supplying all my needs. Is the one supplying all my needs. 
is the one supplying all my needs. The environment is not supplying. He uses the environment the way he likes to supply all my needs. He is the one supplying all my needs. He is the one. He is the one. He is my provider. Declare that word into your environment. Money is not my provider. Money is not my provider. Whether I have it or not, man does not live by bread alone. I live by the word. The word of God supplies all my needs. Now, can you just listen to this? I want to read this particular scripture. I'm reading from Isaiah chapter uh, 33. I'm reading from verse 15. It says, he who walks righteously and speaks with sincerity. He was talking about, okay, let me just go back. He said, who, can, who among us can live with consuming fire? That is, with all the difficulty around. Who among us can live with con- continual burning? That is, who can face all the challenges of life? He who walks righteously and speaks with integrity, with sincerity. Who rejects unjust gain? Who does not give a, a, a excuse or difficulty to start participating in what is evil? And shakes his hands so that they hold no bribe. He who stops his ears from hearing about bloodshed, that is planning bloodshed, and shuts his eyes from looking upon evil. Now look to verse 16. He will dwell on the heights. His refuge will be the impregnable rock, and that is God. Now listen to this. His bread will be given him. His water will be sure. Let me read that to you again. He said, you will dwell on the heights. Say amen to that. Amen. Your refuge will be the impregnable rock. Amen. He said, your bread will be given to you. Amen. And your water will be sure. Amen. Now I want to begin to declare, sow it into your environment. First of all, sow concerning your divine character. Say, I will walk in, you can open to it, Isaiah 33, verse 15. You say, I will walk in righteousness and speak with sincerity. I want us to declare that. Sow it into your environment. So that even under pressure, you will do what is right. You say it, I will walk with righteousness. I will walk righteously. I will speak with sincerity. I reject unjust gain. I shake my hands, they hold no bribe. I close my ears, I do not join those who plot evil. I shut my eyes from looking upon evil. I dwell on the heights. Declare it, I will dwell on the heights. I will dwell on the heights. My refuge will be God, the impregnable rock. My refuge will be God, the impregnable rock. My father is the impregnable rock. Jesus, my Lord, is the impregnable rock. My bread will be given to me. My water will be sure. I'm reading from Isaiah 33. This is verse 16. My bread will be given to me. My waters will be sure. It's so important we declare this. Despite the fact that I do not follow those who think they want to manipulate the system or use difficult times as excuses for bribery and corruption. So I will not follow them. I will not. I reject, I reject unjust gain. That's verse 15. I reject unjust gain. I shake my hands. They hold no bribe. I wanted to declare it concerning your divine. It's so important because Paul says, since that we have all these promises, let us cleanse ourselves of all defilement of flesh and spirit and perfect holiness in the fear of God. Perfect holy, holiness in the fear of God. And that's what Isaiah was saying here. We reject unjust gain. Declare concerning your life. Look at your hands and speak to it. These hands, you will hold no bribe. These hands, you will hold no bribe. In the name of Jesus Christ, these hands will hold no bribe. These hands will hold no bribe. I will not participate in bloodshed. I will not participate in doing evil. I do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. I do not sit in the seat of scoffers. I do not, you know, listen to their counsel. 
Say, my delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, I meditate day and night. In the name of Jesus. I declare that concerning my divine character. I declare that godliness is my nature. Pressure will not make me do evil. Pressure, financial pressure will not make me do evil. Now begin to declare it. I will dwell on the heights. My refuge will be God, the impregnable rock. My bread will be given to me. My waters will be sure. My bread will be given to me. My waters will be sure. I will bear my fruit in season. It's so important you declare it. That's from Samoan. I will bear my fruit in season. I, will, I am like a tree planted by the river banks. I bring forth my fruit in my season. In the name of Jesus. That no matter what is going on around, I am planted. I am planted. I am planted. I'm being fed with the, with the water of the Spirit. Causing me to blossom. Declare it, I have been blessed. I am a blessing. Not only am I, you know, I'm not just looking for a job. I provide jobs. I make things happen. Oh, that's what divine supply is. It's not to eat. It's to be productive. I want you to begin to declare that. I am productive. The earth is blessed because of me. The earth is blessed because of me. The curse has been broken. Everywhere I step on is holy ground. Everywhere I step on is holy ground. I have, by, my, by the holiness of God that I bring in, I bring the curse upon the earth. So the earth yields for me increase. The earth yields for me increase. I speak to the earth, yield for me increase. I speak to the earth, yield for me increase. In the name of Jesus, I speak to the earth, yield for me increase. I speak to the earth, yield for me increase. According to the blessing I have in Christ Jesus, I speak to the earth, yield for me increase. The Lord has given me the power to get wealth. The Lord has given me the power to get wealth. Remember, we magnify God. What is his name? Is the Lord our God. He's the one giving us the power to create wealth. Ah, He's the Lord our God. Giving us the power to create wealth. He's the Lord my God. He has given me the power. Sow the seed around. It is the Lord my God that is giving me the power to create wealth. Poverty has been broken in my life. Lack of productivity has been broken in my life. Poverty has been broken in my life. Lack of productivity has been broken in my life. God has opened doors for me. The Lord has opened doors for me. He will constantly open doors for me. He will go ahead of me into dark places. He will shine light upon my path. The path of the just is like the light of dawn. My path is shining brighter and brighter. In the name of Jesus Christ, I am above alone, I am not beneath. I am above alone, I am not beneath. In the name of Jesus. I am above alone. I am not beneath. I am a giver. I am not a beggar. I am a giver. I am not a taker. I am a giver. I am not a taker. Because the spirit of Christ is in me. It's so important you declare that. The Lord has given me power to create wealth. Yes, he has given it to me. Lack is not my portion. He said, I shall not want. I want you to say that I shall not want at least seven times. I shall not want. 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 Declare it. I shall not want. Because the Lord is my shepherd. Because the Lord is my shepherd. And there's another expression. You know what the Bible says? God is judge. He said, not from the east, nor from the west comes exaltation. But God is judge. He lifts up, he brings down one and lifts up another. Now I want you to begin to declare into your environment. 
My promotion is not coming from the environment. God is my judge. Declare that. Because we are lifting up the name of God. My promotion is not coming from the environment. But God is my judge. My promotion is not coming from the environment. But God is my judge. My promotion is not coming from the environment. God is my judge. He is the one that is lifting me up. He is the one that is lifting me up. The Lord will lift me up. The Lord will lift me up. Oh, sow those words into your environment. Please quickly open your Bibles. I want us to read this together. One of my favorite scriptures is this. Deuteronomy chapter 33. Quickly open to it. Such a beautiful one. If you are there, go to verse 26. Are you there? Now, I want you to read from verse 26 to verse 29. Deuteronomy chapter 33 from verse 26 to verse 29. Are you there? Now, one, two, let's go. There is none like the God of Jeshurun who rides the heavens to your help and through the skies in his majesty. The eternal God is a dwelling place and underneath are the everlasting arms. And he drove out the enemy from before you and said, destroy. So Israel dwells in security. The fountain of Jacob secluded in a land of grain and new wine. His heavens also dropped down dew. Blessed are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord, who is the shield of your help and the sword of your majesty. So your enemies will cringe before you, and you will tread upon their high places. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody say amen. amen. I don't know about you, I enjoy this scripture so much. Within it is divine protection. I told you once I needed to travel through roads that they said were dangerous. I was going down home. I needed to go. My sister was getting married. I'm like the father of the family. I needed to go. They said, ah, <laughs> kidnapping, you know, headsmen, banditry attack on that road. And my mother-in-law called my wife and said, should I arrange mobile policemen for you people? My wife told me, I said, ah, let me think about it. I said, no, let's get, you know, Jesus said, I will ask the father for what? Twelve legions. I said, I told my wife, let's go with the father. Because you know, if you have mobile policemen, it is equal. You know what I mean? The bandit and the mopo, they are equal, using the same thing. But one of God's angels kills 185,000 soldiers. One. So God can't send two. Even now sends a legion. For Allah for the enemy. So I said, no, that is not good. That is, the heavenly one is better. Let's not use the earthly one. It's not good. So as we entered the road, I said everybody in the car, my children, my wife, everybody were there. said, repeat after me. And we all declared, there is none like the God of Israel who rides the heavens to your hell and to the skies in his majesty. We said the eternal God is our dwelling place. And underneath us are his everlasting arms. He has driven out the enemy from before us. Bible in basic English says like this. Let destruction overtake them. We declared that. I said, let us go. That was how we passed the road. We had to return. No? Return time. What do you think we did? The same thing. Uh-uh. It worked the first time. It worked the second time. There is none like the God of Israel. And we are the true Israel of God. Who rise the heavens to our help. And through the skies in his majesty. 
The eternal God is our dwelling place. And underneath us are his everlasting arms. He has driven out the enemy from before us. He said, let destruction overtake them. So Israel dwells in security. Now, it said divine protection. Look at the next one, verse 28. The Israel of God, they dwell in what? Security. The fountain of Jacob's is secluded in a land of grain and new wine. What is grain? Grain stands for basic necessities. What is new wine? talks about the luxuries of life. He said, Israel dwells in security. Listen to me. The fountain of your life is secluded in a land of grain and new wine. He said, his heavens also drop down dew. I'm saying concerning you, your heavens will also drop down dew. He said, blessed are you, O Israel of God. Who is like you, a people saved by the Lord? Who is the shield of your help and the sword of your majesty? So all troubles, economic troubles, security troubles, cringe before you and you tread upon their high places. Take this scripture and sow it into your environment. You have two minutes. Begin to declare it. There's none like my God. He rides the heavens to my help. And through the skies in his majesty. Say it, I dwell in a land of grain and new wine. We're talking about divine provisions. I want you to declare it. I dwell in the land of grain and new wine. The heavens over me also drop down dew. I dwell in a land of grain and new wine. Sow it into your environment. Picture your business. Picture your home. Picture your family. Sow the word. Sow the word. That is where our help comes from. Our help does not come from the, the price of crude. It does not come from the country, physically speaking. We are a blessing to this nation. We are a blessing to this nation. We are a blessing to this nation. So sow a word for the nation also. Say, Nigeria, I call you blessed. Because I am in you. He said, I have been blessed and I am a blessing. I release the blessing of God onto the earth. I release the blessing of God unto this nation. But declare it, I dwell in a land of grain and new wine. And my heavens drop down dew. My economic heaven drops down dew. Favors follow me. Favors follow me. The Lord surrounds me with favor as with a shield. The Lord surrounds me with favor as with a shield. These are words we declare. That God is my supplier. The economy is not my supplier. How will he do it? Like I said, that is his own problem. My own issue is to sow the word, the living word, into the, my environment. God is my supplier, not the economy. The heavens over me drop down dew. I speak to my rain to fall in the name of Jesus. As in my season, I say I will yield my fruit in the name of Jesus. My life is not dependent upon the environment. God rises through the heavens to help me. He brings favor. He brings a man of his purpose to me from a distant country. He will command help for me. He will command help for me. Human beings can't help me if God does not help me. But with God on my side, he commands help for me. He said, strangers will build my walls. Those who do not know me will help me. Many times people are looking for who do I know. I want to give you the word of God today. Those who don't know you will help you. That's it. That's it. I want you to declare it. Those who do not know me will help me. According to the word of God. He says, strangers will build my walls. That's the word. That's the word. Strangers will build my walls. Strangers will build my walls. Those who do not know me will help me. 
Those who do not know me will help me. Because the Lord is with me. Because of the glory of God that is upon me. In the name of Jesus. He said he surrounds the righteous with favor as with a shield. He surrounds me with favor as with a shield. Say, have the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, the Lord surrounds me with favor as with a shield. I have the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, the Lord surrounds me with favor as with a shield. In the name of Jesus Christ, I am surrounded with favor as with a shield. I am surrounded with favor as with a shield. Declare it. I will never be without help because my God is my constant help. Is my ever-present help in the time of need. He is my ever-present help in the time of need. Now, we are declaring this is because sometimes people will say, who do I know? You know God constantly. He's your ever-present help in the time of need. Declare that. He will arise and he will help you in the time of your need. He will arrive, ar- arise and he will help you in the time of your need. I want to let me read to you from Isaiah chapter 60, verse 10. He said, Foreigners will come to rebuild your towns. Amen. And kings will serve you. Amen. That's verse 10. He said, Foreigners will rebuild your towns. Amen. And kings will serve you. Amen. That's just the verse I want us to read for time's sake. He said, Foreigners will rebuild your businesses. Amen. Powerful people, they will help you. Amen. Listen to me, you will not have to look for help. Help will come to you. Amen. I want you to say that. Use your own words. Declare that into your environment. I will not go looking for help. Help will come to me. Because my God is my ever-present help. Foreigners will build up my walls. Sow it into your environment. Kings will serve me. <laughs> Foreigners will build my walls. And kings will serve me. Say, because of the covenant of Christ, I am sustained with the grain and with new wine. Because of the covenant of Christ, I am sustained with grain and with new wine. Lack is not my portion. Lack is not my portion. Because of the covenant of Christ. Look, that was a blessing that God prophesied upon Jacob. And it's a blessing of the church. It is a blessing of the church. I want you to say amen to these prayers. Now may God give you the dew of heaven. Amen. May God give you the dew of heaven. Amen. And the fatness of the earth. Amen. And an abundance of grain and new wine. Amen. May people serve you. Amen. And nations bow down to you. Amen. He said be master of your brothers. Amen. That is those who are not in the covenant of Christ. Even though they are not your natural, you know, connection, tribe, you know, family, whatever it is. He said, be master of your brothers. Amen. And may your masters, your mother's sons bow down to you. Amen. Now listen to this, this is a blessing of Christ Jesus. He said, curse be those who curse you. Amen. And blessed be those who rise up to help you. Amen. Listen, I, I reread that last line so you understand what he's saying. One man was teaching Hebrew. I got into his, um, uh, his um, network anyway. He said, when I say curse be those who curse you, he said, curse are those who try. No, let me put it like this. They want to ruin your business. They don't have to open their mouth and say, I curse you, I curse you. You are doing something, they want to sabotage it. 
they are cursed. Literally, what he said to Abraham is this. I will bless you, you will be a blessing. He said, those who bless you, I will bless. Those who speak lightly of you, I will exterminate. I will destroy. I tell Christians, you know, if you know what God wants to do on your side, you won't be shouting, die, die, die. They are already dying. You are the one that will be saying, God, ah, no, take it easy. Take it easy. Take it easy. Let me prophesy for you again. God has given you the dew of heaven. Amen. And the fatness of the earth. Amen. An abundance of grain and new wine. Amen. Peoples will serve you. Amen. Relatives will help you. Amen. Strangers will help you. Amen. God will remove everyone who is trying to ruin you. Amen. He will bless those who come to help you. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now open your Bible to that verse 28 and declare it into your environment. You have a few minutes for that so that we can close on time. Genesis 27. That's Genesis 27. Okay, let me just read that for you. As I'm saying, just declare into your environment. He said, the Lord has given me the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth. Be declaring it to, don't repeat after me. You're just praying. You're sowing into your environment. I have abundance of grain and new wine. Peoples serve me. Nations bow down to me. I'm master of my brothers. My mother's sons bow down to me. Cursed be those who curse me, and blessed are those who rise up to help me. In the name of Jesus. I'm reading from Genesis 27, verses 28 and 29. That is a blessing that God gave to Jacob. That is a blessing of Christ Jesus. That is a blessing of believers. Productivity is our portion. Declare it to yourself. Productivity is my portion. Ability to produce. The Lord my God has given me the power to create wealth. The Lord my God has given me the ability to create wealth. The Lord my God has given me the power to create wealth. He is fulfilling his covenant. I have received the gospel that he preached to the poor. Therefore, poverty is not my portion. Now declare after me in the name of Jesus. Declare after me in the name of Jesus. I have been redeemed. In the name of Jesus. The curses in my life have been broken in Christ Jesus. The curse upon the earth has been broken as far as I am concerned. In my life, it is broken. The curse on the earth is broken for me. Now listen to this. Say it. When I till the earth, it will yield for me. Because of Christ Jesus. I am not eating from the sweat of my brows. Because of Christ Jesus. That curse has been broken. The earth will yield increase for me. Say, I will labor in peace. I will not labor under stress. I will walk in peace. Say, you know, I taught something in Ecclesiastes. The Bible says that better is one hand full of labor. Than, than two fists. Do you get my point? What God expects is that you will labor with one hand and receive with the other one. I hope you're getting my point. That open hand is a sign of what? Divine favor. Say it, I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded with, favor, with favor as with a shield. As with a shield. Say, when I, walk, when I walk, it produces. It produces. When, I harvest, when I bring in my harvest, it will not scatter. It will not scatter. Say, nothing will blow upon it. It will not scatter. I command every hole, every hole in my pocket, be sealed 
in the name of Jesus. What is the whole? Every time you have money, the need to be too great. Is the time you got money that everybody now fell sick? Say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That is not my portion. That is not my portion. I, am I am productive. And I can retain my fruit. I can retain my Say this. I am a giver. I am, a giver. I am, blessed. I am blessed. And I am a blessing. I am the head. I am not the tail. Say the earth yields for me. This earth yields for me. Say in all that I do. I prosper. In all that I do. I prosper. God shows me favor. Like he showed to Joseph. Say I see ahead. What the world can't see. I can see it. In the name of Jesus. I have favor. Say the Lord delights in my prosperity. The Lord delights in my prosperity. Say the Lord delights in my prosperity. Say I have divine favor. I have the power to create wealth. I have the power to bring forth wealth. I have the anointing for creativity. I have the anointing for skillful labor. That is the blessing of God upon my life. In the name of Jesus Christ. Just give me a minute. Let's declare this again. Remember, not from the east, not from the west, and not from the south comes exaltation. But God is what? Judge. He brings that one and lifts up another. Now, what does that mean? Your lack of education cannot hold you back. Your lack of connection cannot hold you back. The country you are in cannot hold you back. Do you understand that? Your background cannot hold you back. Listen, your background cannot hold you back. It's important. There are those who just think that once I can just manage small, you know what, I don't have a, a, a degree. I did not do this. I did not do that. I remember the story of the man who I read, I read about. They said, he didn't go to school and you achieved this much. He said, what if only if you, had, you had gone to school? He said, I would have been a janitor. Because one day he got a job as a janitor. And he didn't give it to him because he couldn't sign. Because of his literacy, he went to start a small business. Then one day he became a millionaire. That was in, um, in, in, um, in Britain. So they say, ah, what if you had gone to school? He said, no, I'll have taken the job as a janitor. Do you get my point? Now let me prophesy to you. Your background cannot hold you back. Amen. You have been blessed, you will be a blessing. Amen. From your hands, God will bring forth productivity. Amen. You will be an employer of thousands. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You have been sent into any nation where you are to produce wealth in that place. Amen. By your hands, wealth will be extracted from the earth. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Witty inventions will come forth from your hands. In the name of Jesus Christ. Poverty, lack will not be known with you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Take time out and give the Lord thanks this evening. Say, Lord, we thank you. 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 In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. The Lord is good. All right, let's share the grace in fellowship. One, two, let's go. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Quickly bless the people beside you. Say to them, this is your season.